0: You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. It's a really, really special episode, and I'm in a really special moment in my life. As many of you know, I grew up, born, and raised in St. Louis, and that's where. Uh, the, the birthing of the model health show took place and to come from a smaller area on the map and to take the show to being the number one health podcast in the country is just so crazy for me to even put those words together and the millions of hearts and minds that we've been able to reach coming from where, um, where I was coming from. And so we recently made a big shift in our life and I moved my family to Los Angeles, California. And we moved to a little bit of a smaller area, a little bit more family friendly, and it's a big move for us. And it was a, a couple years in the making and just trying to line everything up correctly to you know, get my kids where they need to be and to just put myself in position to be able to bring the very best messages, the very best people in the world to you. That is my mission. That's the number one reason why I'm here doing what I'm doing right now, and so I'm super pumped. And we've been here for a while, but I just want to to share that officially and to big give a big shout out to everybody in St. Louis and my family. And you know, we were there, helped bring home a championship, the Blues, St. Louis Blues. Shout out to that. But also, uh, thank you to everybody in LA who's been welcoming me and and um, just being able to give me all that good energy as well. And I I really do appreciate it. And you know what? When things Change, you're going to have turbulence. Stuff's going to happen. And something absolutely crazy happened to me the other day. I left the studio, um, really pouring my heart and soul into each episode. And I left the studio and I was driving home. It's about 30-minute drive with traffic. Uh, could be an hour, you know, thank you, Los Angeles. But I got home and I got a text from somebody that... My book bag, my my backpack that I carry with me everywhere that had my MacBook in there, my my supplements, books that I'm reading, uh, just so many different things that I always keep with me fell out of my freaking trunk of my car. So it was like an electronic trunk and I guess it didn't latch. And then like the bag fell out and then it latched and it was just on the side of the road and um, somebody picked it up. Now, this spells trouble already, but I got the text from the person because I happened to have it on my MacBook. It wasn't, you know, on, on it was on sleep mode. And so they were able to get my phone number was in the MacBook and they text me and say, hey, you want, you want your bag back? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, what I gotta do, you know? So um, I went to, I had $20 in my pocket that I was gonna give the person, happily give them, uh, for giving me a call and retrieving the bag and while i was there and i took my oldest son jordan with me and while i was driving to the location to the person's uh, place to meet up and get my bag there was a a mother on the side of the road she was pregnant and she had a little daughter with her as well that the little girl couldn't have been more than maybe five years old and the sign she had a sign that said we just lost our home uh please anything that you can do so that we can eat and that 20 dollars that i had in my pocket belonged to her And so I gave that to her. And now I'm like, ah, I want to be able to give this person something. And so now I'm scrambling, trying to find an ATM. And this is, again, this is at the end of a long, tough day. Just moved my family, recorded two episodes of the show, and just a lot of outgo. And now I'm like going through LA traffic again. And now, you know, it's just adding another thing to my plate. So I go to the ATM and I'm like, you know what? I would gladly give more than this, but I'm gonna grab. Let me grab a hundred dollars out of the ATM to give this person, and just as a thank you for being a good enough person to reach out that you have my back. And so I grabbed the hundred dollars from a random ATM and like going through traffic, and we drive over to uh, the person's uh, home. And there's like, when I got there, there were like three homes like basically together, and they couldn't have been. The house was not much bigger than the size of this room that I'm in. Um, Not much bigger than the size of a two-car garage. And uh, a pregnant woman opened the door. And I was like, "Uh, somebody, my bag, they texted me about my bag. She was like, yeah, just uh, come in. And there was two little puppies that ran up to me and the the guy came out. He looked like maybe he was, couldn't have been more than 25 years old probably. And he he had my book bag and he gave it to me and I gave him the $100 and he looked like total shock. He was like, "What? why would you, you know, he couldn't understand that I would even give him this $100. And so I'm just like, why are you, so, I'm surprised you called me, you know? And so I, I gave them the $100 and then I just said, thank you. And then I left. And he even texts me again within like two minutes, just thanking me for giving him that cash. And just as I mentioned, just the, The conditions and the new baby on the way I I feel like that was a really big blessing that they needed in that moment but through this challenging experience, I found out that There are really good people in the world always most people are really really good and I had an opportunity even through all my stress through the trials and tribulations of the day and even of, of this last couple of weeks to Be a blessing for somebody else and for others to be a blessing for me, you know, and there's this constant exchange going on. And so uh, I was just really, really grateful for that and a really interesting experience. But I just wanted to share that with you that this stuff is going on all the time. These synchronicities, these accidental moments or problems or even tragic moments that open the door for some good to come in. And I've just been kind of reveling in that the last couple of days because like that would have really stopped my progress in his tracks, you know, it was an inconvenience in a sense but it also opened the door for a lot of inspiration and remembering that there's so many good people out there. And that's why I'm here doing what I'm doing. And the guest that I have for you today, she knows a thing or 2,000 about being a blessing in people's lives. And she's been uh, the producer of the Oprah Winfrey Show for, and the network, Harpo Network as well, and OWN. And it was about 20 years that she was doing this work. And now she's uh, transitioned and parlayed into another domain. And she's got an incredible, powerful book highlighting her story. And we'll dive into that today. But I also want to keep in mind, as always, making sure that we're taking care of our health and our fitness. And so being in a new area, uh, it can be a little sketchy with trying to find out like, what's the right fit for me, like with the training, that kind of thing. But what's always apparent is that i have the ability to train myself no matter where i'm at because number one i have a body you know if you've got a body you've got a gym but also i've got some of the dopest most valuable fitness equipment in the world because i'm connected with onnit and onnit is the company that's really kind of ushered in and pressed into popular culture things like steel clubs and maces and the primal kettlebells you know so it's like not just the the typical kettlebell, but the kettlebell with all these different designs. Like the Primal kettlebells have, like you know, I've got the Prowler monkey that my youngest son, Brayden, uses, and then I've got the, the 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 powerful gorilla as well that Dwayne the Rock Johnson uses, for example, right? And so all of these incredible people that we look towards get their stuff from oned. most powerful fitness equipment on the planet, and they've also partnered with Marvel, so they've got an Iron Man kettlebell, and. Uh, Marvel gear as well the same thing with Star Wars they've got like a stormtrooper kettlebells and yoga mats that have like Han Solo in them and stuff like that And just really cool stuff and they've got such a great vibe fun stuff We got the battle ropes at the house as well They've got a spider-man themed battle rope and I've got big red is the one that I have and it's it's a heavy That that's for if you're not here to play That's when you use big red, all right? So Pop over there, check them out. They've got the best fitness equipment on the planet and also the most incredible supplements as well for human optimization. That's their whole brand. And they use earth-grown nutrients for all of their different formulas as well. So whether you're looking for a post-workout protein, pre-workout supplement, I love their Shroom Tech. And they actually did a double-blind placebo-controlled trial to find the efficacy, to really reveal the efficacy of their Shroom Tech sport. It actually works. We're talking uh, about a 9% improvement in your cardiovascular performance and over 10% improvement in things like bench press and squats from utilizing Shroom Tech sport, all right? All based on cordyceps mushroom and a couple of other earth-grown nutrients. Pop over there, check them out. You get 10% off everything that I talked about at onit.com forward slash model. That's O-N-N-I-T dot com forward slash model. You get 10% off everything. All right, pop over there, check them out. And on that note, let's get to the Apple Podcast review of the week.
1: Another five-star review titled Absolutely Life-Changing by Dre23. I just finished listening to every single episode, yes, back to 2013, many multiple times. I'm a fitness professional who coaches thousands of people a year who got a degree in exercise sports science and can honestly say I have learned more and helped more people just from the information in this podcast than everything else combined. Sean is a superhero. If you haven't gotten to know him, what are you doing? He is the gold standard for podcast, along with being a great social media follow family dance battles daily. He puts in the research and lives the model he is trying to share with the world. He will educate, explain the why, and then give actionable steps at the end of each podcast to better your health. I will forever be thankful to Sean. The ripple effect of his work and shared knowledge is unimaginable. Absolutely life. Thank you.
0: Dre23 thank you so much this is like one of the most powerful messages that I've ever received and just huge props to you and thank you for allowing me to be a part of your life and the lives that you are impacting and just I'm so grateful that you're in this space as well um, reaching out and helping other folks so Thank you for taking the time to share that, and everybody, if you've yet to do so, pop over to Apple Podcasts, leave a review for The Model Health Show, let everybody know what you think of the show, or just whatever platform you're listening on, if it's Spotify or Stitcher, or if you're hanging out in the studio with me, leave a comment below the video and let everybody know what you think about this episode, because you're about to get some powerhouse insights from our incredible guests. So let's jump into it with our special guest and topic of the day. Sherry Salata is the author of The Beautiful No and other tales of trial, transcendence, and transformation. And she's also the co-host of the podcast series, The Sherry and Nancy Show. And she's also the co-founder of thepillarlife.com. Now, her new ventures are an evolution of her 20-year career with Oprah Winfrey. She served as the final executive producer of The Oprah Winfrey Show, co-president of Harper Studios, and OWN. And now she's here on the Model Health Show hanging out with us. So let's jump into this conversation with the incredible Sherry Salada. You know what's so funny is that I in reading the book, you're the oldest of all the grandkids. Yeah. And I am too. You and know so what that means. I was like, you know, <laughs> yes. I was the herder, yes. basically. Yes. You know?
2: It's like it's it's served up as an opportunity, but you're really the babysitter.
0: Exactly. So the
2: aunts and uncles and parents can do other things.
0: I want to sit at the big table. Oh, too. I did too. You know, we had the little table, little, little red chairs, and everything. I was in a pout.
2: I'm like, am I ever going to sit at the big table? I think I got to the big table when I was about
0: 38. <laughs> <laughs> it took forever. And no, another story too that like I was like, oh my, because I didn't like. I didn't know anybody else experienced this, but the Bozo Show. Oh yes! All right. When I was a kid, I was living at my grandma's house, and I would watch it on it was like USA Cartoon Express or something like the Cartoon Network. And I wanted to be in the grand prize game yes, you and did. like throw the ball into yes. the bucket, like it was my life goals. Yes, right. But you did, like you went there.
2: I went there. I didn't get picked. Well, and also I was in eighth grade because it took forever for the tickets to like to you. You waited years, so I was like. You know, it was like, you know, I, I was like a tall giant compared to <laughs> the rest kids. of the audience. And I, I did get to say, folks, here's Huckleberry. Wow, that's
0: yeah. that's incredible. That was the first taste of that's that right, Showbiz. Wow. Showbiz. And so, and I'm curious because it didn't really, you talked about so many powerful things in the book and you really opened yourself up and shared some things that, and I told you this before, that just inspired me to share more, Yeah, you know, and thinking of those areas of my life that I'm not being really just outwardly open and sharing because there's gifts there somewhere. But how did you get from the small town? Yeah. Well, it's not a super small town, but to wanting and and being involved in such a big platform and television.
2: That is amazing, isn't it? Because, Um, You know, and that that really is my message when I'm chatting with people. I'm a middle class girl from a, you know, a suburban town in Illinois. And um, I mean, I I wanted my life to be an adventure, but Mm. I couldn't have dreamed this up. I just couldn't have, I, I, you know, I'd be like, you know, I'd like be like, maybe I could be a pop star. You know, I was playing acoustic guitar in my Catholic church, but maybe I could do that. And then it's like, well, I'm not good enough. So that's not going to happen. But I I don't know. I I couldn't have dreamed this madness up, like what ultimately happened. And it didn't happen when I was young. You know, that's the thing. I, I was 35 years old, broke Um, depressed when I got an entry-level job at the Oprah show, Mm. an entry-level job. I was 35. I wasn't right out of school. I had had run a 7-Eleven. I had run a toy store. I had worked in a typing pool. I mean, I, I had a twisty, turny little road there.
0: 35. 35. That's when a lot of people like phoning it in.
2: You yes, know. you're planning their retirement. <laughs> I'm just like entry level. Here I reporting for duty.
0: Yeah. So already, like, this should be super insightful and inspiring for people that think it's too late. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you know how awesome your story is. Well, kind of you put it into a book, <laughs> but just that in and of itself. Yeah. I just drove past the 7-Eleven. I wasn't like Sherry, you know, I didn't I know. connect those. Yes.
2: And I I ran a store for eight months by my, like, like I had one of those little stores where you're running the register, making the coffee, cleaning the slurping machine, hosing down the parking lot. And it was, you know, in the training program on my way to become uh, a supervisor where I'd have six or seven stores. And it was hard. It was hard. It was super challenging, you know, and I try to make some sense of it. I look back and I see that I was... I was very anxious about becoming something. Mm. I was anxious to get that that title filled in on a business card, and so I'd stay too long at things that weren't a fit, until I was so miserable I couldn't get out of bed, and and then I'd jump into the you know from from the fire into the firing pan, and never never really allowing myself that time to to dream and imagine what is it that would light you up, yeah. what is it what is it that feels like happiness to you. And so so I think that's what what made that road go a little longer and crazier yeah. than yeah. it might have.
0: I just talked about this on a recent episode and I was so busy, you know, like I was going to college and I was working full-time at a casino and uh, like it's called the hard count department. So it's just like like pulling all the coins out of the machines, like super manual labor type thing. And there were other things that I wanted to do, but I was just so busy. I never stopped to really think about right what my gift was, what I really wanted to do. Right. I did have that tinge of feeling, like you said, of just like, I knew I wanted to do something, you know, in sp- special and yeah. important. And, you know, I think that having that time just to get some clarity, and even with you writing this book, it just seemed like you took some time and gathered some clarity, start to dissect your amazing life right. and put it into the pages. So I want to know, w- because obviously, you know, like Brene Brown, talking about vulnerability. Right. It's it's something that's on the tip of our tongues, but you really did share and opened up and like shared your story and exposed yourself. Like what gave yeah. you the courage to do that? Well,
2: here's what gave me the courage is I've been doing a podcast for 18 months mm. before I started writing this. And, you know, I'm sitting there with my, my co-host is one of my great friends of 30 years. We've been through everything together. So we're just having a girlfriend chat we're just sitting there we it was in the garden room of my old house in Los Feliz and you know we'd get the little recorder out i'd unpack the wires and get our mic set up and and you know in a big mess of a ball of a tangle and we'd just sit down and just talk about the things that mattered to us mm. what was in our hearts you know what our dreams were and then where we really struggled yeah. like what was what was our what where our pain was and we know each other so well that it was next thing I know, people would be listeners would write in and say, gosh, that was so brave. And I'm like, how brave? <laughs> like, what do you mean by brave?
0: You know, because
2: yeah. I was like, wow.
0: okay." So you had already kind of started that process.
2: Yes. Yeah. And and you know what the, the healing of that for me was that when people would all of a sudden say, I feel so much better listening to you. Yeah. And I'd th- say, okay, so nobody's attacking me. It's not humiliating. It doesn't make the shame worse. It actually, it brings light into all those areas. And all of a sudden you're like, Meh. healed.
0: Yeah, wow, yeah. wow. That's so awesome. Thank goodness for podcasts, yeah, first right? of all. You know? yeah. And obviously you share some of your story and- the, when you found that thing that really did light you up and right. became the thing you dove deep into in your life, right. um, you shared this statement, and I want to talk about this, that production and being a producer is multifaceted. Yes. And you've gone on, you produced the podcast, you produced yep. this book, yep. but producing a show, like what is that really all about? Why is, Why do you say it's multifaceted?
2: Well, because, you know, that even the role of producer, its it's... What, what does a producer do? Everything. <laughs> you know, you, you are looking at the big picture. You're managing the details. You're managing the team. You're, um, you know, executing on the intention. Uh, and then you have to make it work and run. So yeah. it is everything. Yeah. Just like, you know, when we're doing this really, really well, we are the producers of our lives. Yeah. And, and that's where we usually drop the ball, because we keep thinking something outside of ourselves is gonna come in and get it all shaped up for us, right?
0: Yeah, Yeah. and that was part of your job too, is like storytelling for other people. That's right. And framing them, right?
2: That's right, and here's what's so interesting to me, and this still fascinates me, how easy it is for me to take care of other people, to set boundaries for other people on their behalf, for me to produce the story of somebody else's life, and then imagine this to come, come smack dab, in in the middle of my fifties, and say, okay, you've manifested the career of your dreams, but not the life of your dreams. Mm. And when are you gonna take that gift of storytelling, and start to use that in your own life?
0: Yeah, and you call it an audience of one. Yes. You know, and there's something really powerful, which I didn't I didn't know. I don't know these details, and you kind of open up and share for the rest of the world, these things, but you made the statement that after 54, specifically 54, you stopped to matter as far as like the, the big businesses and people paying attention to you. That's right. Why is that? Well, they're demos
2: as as you know. There's they're demos for advertisers. And I was um, by that time running a television network and the demos were very, very important. And those are the audiences where you monetize your television show or your network, and advertisers look for the sweet spot of those audiences. And and the last demo ends at fifty-four. Wow. So, you know, twenty-five to fifty-four. I was fifty-five years old. Mm-hmm running a network. I mean, the person I was running it for, Oprah, was well out of the demo. And so when, you know, you're having those conversations, it's like, hmm, not so. We don't really care what they're watching. And I thought, gosh, this is so interesting to me because everybody that I know at over 54 finally has some money to spend. Right. right? It makes
0: sense. And, And time to spend it, right? So true, so true. And you said that, you because you know it's not that you got lost in the work, you wanted to do it, you know, and you really yeah. put yourself, heart, and soul into creating something special. That I mean, you've impacted the lives of easily, easily a billion people, probably more. Um, but you realize that at that point, like you said, building this uh dream career, but not a dream life, right? And so, you had this moment of reckoning, yeah, you talk about in the book. And so, why? Did, first of all, why did you call it that, reckoning?
2: Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and and my caveat to this is, I, I see now that I have a bigger, grander view of it that I could have done it differently. That it it wasn't it wasn't the hours and and the commitment and 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 the actual job that created not living the life of my dreams it was me using the enormity of that job mm-hmm. to go unconscious for things that i found difficult Ooh, you know yeah. so it's like it, it, it's it's the excuse of the world you know because you're too busy working for oprah yeah. so you you get you get a big big pass yeah. in almost every area of your li- area of your life on that um so it's it's a it's something that I think that we all do in one way or another when we don't want to deal.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Wow, and nobody would blame you either. Like I'm just now thinking of that. Especially nobody like, does. Yeah.
2: You know, Sherry canceled. Well, she's so busy. Oh. You know, so you get you get a, you get away, and so you know at, at a certain point, then you start to say those voices get louder and louder, and yeah. the background gets louder and louder. And, you know, on one hand, it's never too late to live the life of your dreams. And on the other hand, but if not now, when?
0: Yeah.
2: When? Yeah. When?
0: Wow. Um, Wow. That's true. That's true. And, I, you know, just in in seeing your story and seeing you sharing this, again, I think a lot of people already, people are just already connecting with what you're saying, even with being too busy for something. And the truth is, we all have time. You know, it's just yeah. a matter of priorities. And also when stuff is difficult too, like that takes more time and it takes more time and energy and, and um, figure out a, figuring things out, you know, right. that can pull you away in a sense, but uh, it all matters. But you also talked about how uh, in that reckoning, yes. getting honest about the things that you really wanted. Right. Right. Because you had the dream right. job and there were other things that you wanted that seemed like it would be nice, but I'm too busy. Yeah. And so how did you get to that place of, and I want this for other people to, yeah. and I keep talking about this, be honest about what you want. That's right. Yeah.
2: That reckoning was really, really important for me. And and um, I don't know if you see this as, as you're out in the world and you're helping people with your work, but the thing that prevented my reckoning, which is really an honest look at every area of my life, was the voice in my head um, that I used on myself had always been so harsh, so judgmental, so unkind, so lacking in compassion. You're not enough of this. You're too much of that. That was a stupid thing to say, you know, and and, and the list goes on and on, that the idea of having that honest conversation with myself was terrifying. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't sure I could come out of it. And, And so I knew that I would have to make an adjustment on that, that it would have to be I was going to have to let that voice go. I was going to have to fire that voice and and thank it for its its service and then excavate a new voice, that tender voice that I would use with any friend who was having a hard time, that I used to talk to my English bulldogs, Bella and Kissy, you know, my beloved, my sweet baby, um, babies in a grocery store that I would use to talk to any other human being on the planet and that voice is a voice that is compassionate and understanding and and still true and so that process in the end did not level me it it, it was it was like it was like a coming home to the truth of everything I'd created, the the glorious things, the less glorious things, the the majesty, the the failures and disappointments. And then from that place, I could say, all right, now, what are your dreams now for your life? Not when you were 25-year-old dreams, not when you were 30 dreams. What are your dreams right now?
0: And uh, you went into the different areas of your life, of course. And one of those that you estimated was like, I think, 90 trial and failures of like diet programs. Oh, my God. I think you said like three a year or something for like 30 years. Yes, forever.
2: Forever. Yeah. Like, it's it's that false sense of motivation where you're like, this time, you know, it'll be. And it's all about like, like deprivation and as fast as possible yeah. and, and, and crazy meant. And even before, and after a certain point, when you've done that over and over for a long time, you, you start to know even to yourself, you're like, you're not serious. About this. <laughs> but okay, Monday it is. It's never going to happen, but Monday, I can't wait. And this is going to be it. So um, yeah, I mean, you know, for me, at the end of the day, and mind you, I've seen every program on the planet. Yeah. I've, I've produced every expert. I've, you know, I've taken notes copiously. And and for me, what, where it ends up is this. At a certain point, I was going to have to become the expert of my own self. Mm. Yeah. You know, my yeah. own coach yeah. with a capital C. And what that means for me isn't that I have all the answers. I do have quite a bit of information. But what it means is, when I go and listen to somebody speak, and they're sharing wisdom and knowledge and their point of view, I I I act I take it in as um like I'm 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 looking I'm mining for gems. Yeah. It isn't like I'm gonna put somebody else's ideas on like a suit of clothes, wear them for sixty days, and drop them and find the next outfit. Now it's more like what what resonates with me. What's the gem I can take from this conversation and, and, and try in my own life?
0: I love you. This is so awesome. Hey, I don't think you realize how imp- important this is. And a lot of people have asked me over the years, like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Um, looking for me to have people on with the same opinions, basically. And it's because everybody's different. And I'm really encouraging people through this show, through this platform, through everything that I do to be your own coach, Yes. which the thing is, is kind of, it's hard, you know, it's hard stuff because you got to pay attention to yourself. Yes. You got to pay attention to your thought patterns, to how things make you feel. And we're so distracted today as well. It's just like, there's a, it's quite a bit against us in a sense, but you just said it like that's literally, it is that simple though, really, but it's not necessarily easy either, to listen to yourself.
2: Well, that's the ultimate commitment. And, and when I did my reckoning, like, like what was the moment? What was the thing that came out of it? You know, I was like, yep, just as I suspected. It's not it's not perfect. Yeah. And I've got, you know, I've got a lot of dreaming to do. But really, the the thing that was the most gut-wrenching realization was that I had been, I'd been entrusted with this life and I had shown myself to be an unworthy steward of it. And then, you know, the last three years, I continue to, to kind of define for myself what it means to be a worthy steward of this life I've been given. And what does that mean through my lens, you know, in my unique way? My, what is my personal recipe for that?
0: Yeah, yeah. I noticed something. That and I, I guess you might have noticed while you were writing it, or even previous to that, since you said like I still had that little voice, like, you know, you're not serious. <laughs> but I would, when you made the decision, like, okay, this and you were with Nance, yes, and you guys were like plotting and mapping out how things are going right. to be now with this new opening in your life, and with the fitness thing, uh, you guys <laughs> went to like the newest, hottest experience yes. in, in exercise. And I'm listening that I didn't to it name. <laughs> and I'm listening to it. And I'm hearing the things you're doing. I'm just like, that doesn't really sound appropriate. And I saw that like, you have this like zero to a hundred approach to stuff. Yeah. I think like, is, is that pretty accurate?
2: Oh my gosh. Please <laughs> I know. You know, there is something, and, and I still I still work on this, to be truthful, yeah. that there is something in me that feels, that is very all or nothing. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're either, you know, running up Everest or you're flat on the couch eating chips. So I have to be just really, like, self-aware about that. Yeah. that Honestly, if you if you for 30 days do the 40 minute walk after dinner, that's really great.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah. You yeah. know,
2: it's like spiritual, it's great. It's it's a commitment to yourself. Um but yes. Yeah, so yes, Nancy and I I and it was all my scheming. Off we went. Um, it was going to we were going to have our Hollywood bodies. That's what we were in pursuit of. And you know, within and thousands of dollars, I can't even I mean, it's embarrassing. I, I just can't even add it all up. <laughs> thousands of dollars. And, and by the end of it, Nancy could hardly was hobbling around on a, on a sore foot, and I literally had like, I had to get an MRI, like right. and, and, and like cortisone injections. Yeah, oh, so it was crazy.
0: Yeah. And as I was listening to that, I think even the first workout, like you guys were like looking at you were looking at her trying to see if she was even okay.
2: No, oh, she's flat on the you, ground. You, you got, you
0: know.
2: I was outside, like literally heaving,
0: literally. And it was ended it up was in the cr- car. Yeah, uh, yeah. It started with laughter, but then ended up in tears. <laughs> that's right. And we'll it be did. back in two days to do some more.
2: Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah you know he, these days here here here's what I do. I have a very very uh, a, a trainer that I can speak to yeah. and say. That hurts. And I'm not doing that again. You know, instead of, I don't know why I I allow myself, put myself in those precarious situations, but it's like, you know, three to four days a week, some swimming, some this, some that, some, you know, yoga every morning, Um, you know, trying to like just infuse my life with healthy movement Mm -hmm. instead of doing the thing that
0: I always used to do. That's so powerful. And I know, again, a lot of people hearing this going to be like, that's me, that's so me. It's it's all or nothing. But I think that for me, the two, it just like on a logical scale, just like they don't really connect, you know, suffering and health. Yeah. You know, but it's just like there's this thing that we (laughs) have. It's just like, we have to suffer our way into this result. And it just, it it honestly doesn't go together. And people who do that, once you get here, they break down, you know? And I just think that Love, patience, fun, all these yes. things, those resonate with health. They sound familiar.
2: Right. Oh, my God.
0: Self-created
2: suffering can never lead to a happy ending.
0: Mm.
2: It just can't. Mm. It just can't. I, I really, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that with me. That's a good one.
0: You can have it. Thank it's yours. you. Mining for gems. Mining for gems. it's <laughs> so, an
2: Instagram post.
0: <laughs> and I think you, you also asked an important question in the book, uh, really powerful question, and you ask, "What is it about this weight? Yeah, what is it about this weight? Since you had been, you know, trying yes. and just all yes. this different stuff, and yeah,
2: I know. And and you know what? That is an interesting thing. I mean, I, I would say since 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 my reckoning, I've lost pr- about forty five pounds, and um, you know, a lot of that was just with attention and consciousness, mm-hmm. and I would say that there you know there there is there's always more um mining to do more transcending to do and my first go to like even with the this book launch that was when everything comes back up for me again mm, because yeah. it's like it's busy yep. you've got a lot going on you've got to really put yourself out there you and and instantly you can go to where everything else in your life is more important than that radical self-care. Like, did I meditate? Well, I'll do that later because I'm I'm much too busy right now. I can talk about it in an interview, but I'll have to put my meditation on hold for a day or two. And, um, you know, well, I'm not going to have time for a workout because I have to get to the airport. It's so interesting how that absolute bone-deep care of self gets put on pause when all of a sudden there's, there's activity around yeah. the responsibility of work or yeah. something like that, you know?
0: Facts. Totally. Yeah. Totally, totally.
2: And, and then the stress rises. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's like, did you do your mindfulness? Are you doing your breath work? You don't know, no, I want cheese. You know, all, <laughs> all, that's, all that stuff comes up for me again. And then I have to go back and focus and say, what is your dream for your life? Yeah. What is your dream for your life? You've you've gone down that road. Remember what that leads to? It leads to a reckoning where you go, oh, you know, that really isn't the path I want to walk. This is the path I want to walk.
0: Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. So obviously, and this is a question that I was uh, having as I was reading, you've been around the most powerful messages like in the universe. Yes. Right? And and I, I think a lot of people need to hear this for themselves, because you also mentioned you're so good at taking care of other people. Yeah. But how could we possibly just like be surrounded by that and still not like address it for for us? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, of course, there are different things that you are doing throughout but it's but, the
2: great paradox, isn't it? Yeah. That you have all the information and you're excited about that information and you really do want that life. It isn't like you don't. Yeah. You really do want, you know, health and wellness and you really do want um, you know to feel good and, and 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 feel so good that it's easy to choose happiness on an hour by hour basis. You really do want that. And for some reason, you keep going unconscious, putting it on the shelf because, and making everything else more important. And, you know, the only, the only antidote to that, that I have discovered is staying mindful and and staying focused Mm. and, and kind of giving up the all or nothing perfectionist thing and saying, you know, on a regular basis, on a daily basis, every three days, once a week, how are you doing? How do you feel? Not like, you're bad and wrong, but how do you feel? Do you feel as good as you should feel? Yeah. You get to feel good. You're supposed to live the life of your dreams. How, is, are you doing that? It's in your hands.
0: Yeah. yeah. Wow. And it's so simple again. It's so simple and so um I love that. You just said a really a, a bad word for a lot of people perfection perfectionists. It's the p word. Yeah. It's a dirty P word. And that's a bad word for me. So <laughs> we could fall into those character traits yeah. that lead to like, I'm not doing this perfectly. So, yeah. Well, that's, that's also
2: slow. that, you know, for me, I, I, I in peeling that back. Yes. Not first of all, because it's impossible. But second oh, of all, yeah. it's a little bit of a self-sabotage technique. You know, you set yourself up for the all or nothing, which usually ends up with nothing, in my experience, or the perfectionist thing, so you're almost sabotaging yourself from the beginning because it's not achievable. Instead of, you know, like, Here is, here's some really noisy, big, huge change in my life. Have a glass of water. Walk around the block. Five minutes of mindful breathing. All those little things that... In the past, I would have been like, that's not going to do anything. I need big action. All those little things change the course of your next 30 minutes. And that changes the course of the next three hours. And that defines your day. And those days define your weeks. And that becomes your life. Mm. It's those little things that mean everything. The things that I thought, you know, weren't worth paying attention to.
0: We've got a bunch more of these little things that you're gonna share with us from your book. Definitely pick it up right now, The Beautiful No, and we'll be right back right after this quick break. Don't sleep on sleep. Today, there is a big revolution happening to improve our sleep quality because we're understanding finally just how much our sleep quality impacts our physical performance, our brain function, and literally impacts our body composition. Sleep deprivation is something that can directly lead to increased fat gain and an inability to lose weight as well. With great sleep, we see an increased ability to burn fat. Like the research that was done by the International Association for the Study of Obesity that found that our sleep quality, namely a sleep related hormone called melatonin that everybody's heard of, increases your body's production of something called brown adipose tissue this is a type of fat that actually burns fat and the reason that it's brown versus the white adipose tissue is brown adipose tissue has a lot more mitochondria and these are the energy power plants in our cells very metabolically active tissue that we build more of when we get great sleep now The issue today is getting that great sleep and there's tons of lifestyle factors but there's also a nutrition component and there's a study that's published in the journal pharmacology biochemistry and behavior that found that the renowned medicinal mushroom reishi was able to number one significantly decrease sleep latency this means you fall asleep faster when you have reishi they also found that this increased overall sleep time for study participants and they found that this increased the sleep efficiency by improving the non-REM deep sleep and improving our light REM sleep as well. This comprehensive approach to improving sleep, it's not pounding our sleep into submission, what we see with conventional drugs and things of that nature where it's kind of like pseudo sleep this is actually improving your sleep quality your sleep efficiency by utilizing reishi now the only reishi that i use is from four sigmatic because it's dual extracted where they're doing an alcohol extract and a hot water extract so they're actually extracting all of the nutrients from the mushroom that you think you're getting with company x all right you're actually getting those compounds with the hot water extractor, getting the beta glucan related compounds, and then with the alcohol extractor, getting more of the hormonal compounds. And I think these are really important for sleep, like the terpenes and things in that category, and so much more. So make sure to use foursigmatic.com forward slash model to get your hands on this and so much more. So that's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash model. You get 15% off their reishi elixir and all of their medicinal mushroom elixirs, coffees, hot cocos, and so much more. I love Four Sigmatic. I literally have them every single day, one of their different products. Today I had my Lion's Mane coffee mix, so, so good. And it has all of these benefits as well. If you're still drinking standard coffee, what are you doing? You need to get these benefits from the Four Sigmatic coffee mixes. Now, head over and check them out ASAP because these are absolutely game-changing. The coffee mix, great for in the morning, Rishi, great for in the evening and winding down. and they've got all of this research to back it up. and this is what it's all about is having more education so that we're executing on the things that really do work, that have a clinically proven benefit and we can actually enjoy ourselves and have a good time along the way. And again, that's forsigmatic.com forward/ model for 15% off everything. And now back to the show. All right, we're back and we're talking to Sherry about her new book, The Beautiful No. And I've got a lot of the book highlighted, by the way. And I wanna ask you about something uh, specifically from the book. And you said, never again can you entertain the dark exercise of taking yourself apart like the county coroner performing an an autopsy, judging each piece of you separately and then adding up the tally. And you must make it a routine to internalize compliments letting them wash over you like a delicious summer rain, rather than dismissing the admirer who offered them as, quote, just trying to be nice, end quote. Yes. There's two parts here. Number one, picking ourselves apart. The autopsy.
2: Mm. You know, one of the things when when I sat down to to work through all this and to kind of come up with my perspective on different things, especially things I think that women um, get tripped up by, and i knew on some level i had a dysfunctional relationship with the concept of beauty mm-hmm. that it was something like like there there, there was some piece of that and, and it had it had to have happened when i was really young where i i noticed some some power that um, what i call the prettiest wielded and, and rather than, you know, like, and I I got straight A's and I had, you know, I was funny and, um, but that wasn't as appealing to me as the kind of power a prettiest seemed to wield in my little young life. And I made all kinds of assumptions about that. Like, like more lovable, um, more desirable, uh, you know, and, and, and the list goes on and on and on. Now, I wouldn't have thought that I would have dragged that into my adult life, but in the end, I could see that was true, and um, and I could see it was true with other women that, you know, where you know, men are really not taking their bodies apart with a magnifying glass and having internal conversations about them ad nauseum, so much. You know, they're just kind of either. You know, it's more like I'm comfortable in my skin. I'm less comfortable in my skin. And for women, it's like this part of me is not good. This part of me is kind of good. This, you know, and and and, and there's no no good can come of that. Yeah. No good can come of that. And in the end, what I discovered is that waiting for the external to come in and 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 tap you on the head and deem you worthy in any way is, is, is like putting your whole life and happiness perpetually on hold. Mm. You will never fully in, inhabit and embody the life that you could be living as long as you are waiting for something external to anoint you. Yeah. And in the end, we are the anointers of ourselves, in, of everything. Of our goodness, of our worthiness, of our beauty, of our vulnerability, of our lovability, all of it. We are the anointer. So if we continue to deprive ourselves of that, we just end up always seeking and never finding.
0: Oh, I love this so much. And wow, the, the picking yourself apart in somebody who is, you know, you're it's a part of you, you know, your whole yes. and neuropathways. Yeah, it's really fascinating to think about what that does to us, right? You know, and um, I've been a big proponent of like, obviously leaning more on the side of gratitude for even if you don't like that your thighs are big, yeah. like you have thighs, yes, and, you know, they have enabled you to to walk around and carry your child or to you know to lift someone else who fell fell down or something, you know, like creating another story along the along those lines. And another thing that I've been like for years, because I would see it in my practice and it happened more so with women, for sure, of not being able to like receive an affirmation. Yes. Right. Because you don't need it. But sometimes it's that thing that just is like a cherry on top or, but, you know, especially when they're battling that picking oneself apart, it's very difficult to imbibe and like bring those compliments in and like, and I so one of the things, and this is from years ago on the show, I haven't said in a while. Instead of even saying thank you, because a lot of times it's like thank you. You know, <laughs> even it's like a fake thank you, but right. just saying like, it's true. It's true. Thank you. You know, I receive that. Yeah. You know, and re- really encouraging people to start to say that, you know, I receive that. And I think you might have said it I received that when we when you got here. Yes. Yeah.
2: Um I think, and maybe and and you can um you can counsel me on this. I think there's something in that that receptivity issue that is maybe even one of the, the last and final things to connect the dots, to have that kind of, um, you know, that full energy exchange with your life where it's going out, it's coming back. It's going out, it's coming back. That kind of cleans out the last vestiges of resistance and and fear and and kind of those those emotions that keep us so stuck and i i actually have been thinking about that the last really in the last like 3 months that what is the gift of that kind of receptivity and why is it important to work on that you know like i just feel better giving a compliment than mm. than taking it and, and I think that la- cleaning up that last little piece is an important part on my little life of my dreams journey.
0: Yeah, I love it so much. You know what? I think what just happened in the car driving over to the studio today, my wife was like, oh, those are nice jeans. Like, I love to get compliments <laughs> from, from her specifically, you yes. know. And she sprinkles them just enough. You know, to keep me interested. But I pay attention and it's like I receive and I think, oh, like she, you know, she's yeah. she sees me, you know. Yes. And whereas, and this is part of it. You don't um, go
2: into a big dialogue if she doesn't really mean it. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do my other jeans not look nice? You know, yeah, like right. these exactly. kind of things, you know. Right, exactly. Yeah. So... And being able to receive when those compliments are coming your way, I think it's obviously the self-worth thing. Yeah. just saying that that's just not me. Yeah. Um, Being hurt before and saying, you know, there's some type of manipulation taking place. There's all these stories and roots to this thing. But I think it's just not, you know, there's so many reasons for it, but I think a big part of it is just not acknowledging that we matter. Yeah. You know? Yes. So I got the, the big question even here, the title itself, The Beautiful No. Yeah. Why The Beautiful No?
2: The Beautiful No. So The Beautiful No, That the story in that book, it's the title story of the book. It's the story about how I got the job at the Oprah show at 35. And it has become a foundational spiritual principle for me. Um, I was up for a big, huge advertising producing job. And I had, the interview couldn't have gone better. I mean, he basically was giving me my start date. Tons of money, great clients. And I, I had kind of decided in my mind, well, you're going to make the best, you know, of the advertising thing. Even if it isn't perfect, you're going to find significance and meaning in it. And um, and I, I really needed that job. I needed it. I really did. I needed it for my, my, um, my feelings. I needed it for... Um, I needed the money, and um, so I had uh, many premature celebrations with my with my team, with my gang, and um, and then I got a form letter from the HR department that they had decided not to do any hiring, so I didn't get it, and um, I would say I felt as um, like my hands were open. I was just like, then I don't know. Yeah. If I'm not getting that after that interview, after that conversation, when it seems so perfect, then I don't even know. I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing. And I just kind of opened my hands, felt pretty down, um, cried a lot. um, And, you know, I'm like 35 years old. What are you going to do? You had so much promise. And I got the message on my answering machine from the Oprah show. Was I available to come in and freelance? And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. And it wasn't until a few years later when, you know, because the minute I walked into Harpo Studios, I was like, this is it. I'm supposed to be here. This yeah. is magic to me. The, the air feels different. But a couple years later, I look back and I go, you know, you almost had that job. If you had gotten that big job making $75,000 with, with benefits yeah. and a 401k, you would no more have quit that job a short time later to go freelance at the Oprah show than the man on the moon. You wouldn't have done it. It would have been too scary because you would have been holding on so tightly to that security. You wouldn't have taken a chance on the big dream. And what I realized is, wow, that was the most beautiful no you've ever gotten. And then I started thinking about all the no's That I had the disappointments, the heartbreaks, the the times when I'm like, God, I don't know why that didn't work out. And how all those no's were literally teeing me up for a real dream, something that really mattered to me. But you know, I couldn't see it at the time. And honestly, what I started to once I realized that, I decided I'm not gonna burn any more days up being depressed and disappointed when something doesn't go my way. I'm going to say, oh, I can't wait to see how beautiful this is.
0: Ah, mm. uh, So awesome. You know, it, it's really, it's one of those things in our lives. Like all of us have failures and no's. And yeah. I just saw uh, a, um, a clip from Lisa Kudrow from yes, the from Friends, Friends TV show. Mm-hmm. She was doing a ceremony for some graduates. And she yeah. talked about, how she got fired from Frasier, and it was just like heartbreaking for her, devastating. Like she was like even just feeling people were pointing the fingers. Like she got fired from the biggest TV show on TV yeah. on, on television, and she also she had her own show as well that got canceled. And she was like, but these knows were leading me to friends. Like, I wouldn't have been in position That's to right. get this thing.
2: That's exactly right. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that the real opportunity for all of us, and I say this to myself all the time still, that you know you believe it. You believe you are co-creating with the qu- in the quantum divine field. So you need to make sure you're always in that space. You need to act like you believe it. Mm-hmm. So the no comes and you say, okay, I'm human. Ooh. That hurt. And then you go, okay. It's all going to be fine.
0: Yeah. Thank you. This is leading me somewhere. That's right. You know? That's right. Wow. Because I I think that sometimes we, we don't get up. You know, like we don't keep moving forward because the no happens. You know? And I think... You, you just kept moving forward and putting yourself in position for these things to take place.
2: Yeah, and I'm still, listen, I'm I'm still having that conversation with myself because here's the truth. You get to the middle of your life, you have been through some stuff. So are has it, do, do, do you use that stuff to springboard and evolve yourself and elevate yourself? Or are you depressed and a little broken? Yeah. Those are the two options.
0: Yeah, and those things, I you know, they develop character traits, attributes, latent capacities. You didn't even know you could do all the stuff that you've done. <laughs> right. You know, so it's just, it's a gift in disguise. And I love that, that that's the title of the book, because I guess that was like the uh, launch pad for yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah. So in this process of like your, the reckoning, yeah. and then from there, kind of coming out with some different uh, approaches and ideas about life and how you're, you're living right now. You do as you mentioned, you dove into something else and kind of started to share the story for enabling the book to take place through creating a podcast. Yep. So what, what is it right now for you? Like the thing that is just kind of driving you, lighting you up and that, that has you excited right now.
2: Right. Well, in everything, well, first of all, I think my life is more integrated than it's ever been. Yeah. So, you know, um, we're having this conversation. It checks off about 10 areas of my life. You know, it's 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 not, we're not having a work conversation. Mm. You know, we're, we're having the only conversation that matters to me anymore, which is, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm about the game of upliftment. Yeah. I want to uplift, I want to be uplifted. So in anything I'm doing, whether... It's writing the podcast, having these conversations. Um, you know, we live in a new day now where we get to choose and curate the content that comes into our lives. Vax, right. You know, it isn't just like, I have to watch this so I can get to this show that, that's going to uplift me. We we are in charge. And um, any opportunity that I have to, um, for my own self, you know, I mean, I'm talking to myself. Yeah. You know, I'm talking to myself. And the fact that, you know, there are other people who want to have the same conversation and want to walk away going, all right, all right, I'm going to think about that. I'm going to I'm going to try a little bit of that. I'm going to tweak my recipe. I'm going to leave a little lighter with a lighter heart. And um, a little bit more joy and, uh, and that sense of, gosh, what else can I dream up? Yeah. Those kinds of possibilities. And that really is what lights me up.
0: I love it. You just said something. I was hoping that you would say this is the integration, you know, just feeling that not just being like, my life is all this one thing, Yeah. because you even have a section here. We talk about your epic failure and work life balance. Yes.
2: I don't believe in it. I don't believe in work life balance. I, I feel like that is a conversation designed to, uh, um, to castigate women you know, to put women particularly in a situation of of literally taking themselves apart in a in a personal autopsy. Mm, um, yeah. because because it's not really it's not it's not really so much um, culturally something that has been applied applied to men. It's more are you being a good enough mother and an employee and a this and a that and when do I have time to take care of myself? And what I realized is that is an artificial construct, work-life balance. Yeah, absolutely. And and just those those words are are in conflict. Yeah. And, and nobody's gonna measure up to that. Nobody. So what is what is what is the the more powerful, empowered way to walk through the world as a person who um, is, has a career and a family and and all kinds of other interests. And it and it kind of is an integrated whole life
0: yeah.
2: where you're flowing your attention in a way that lights you up. Yeah. And you're using your intuition and you're staying mindful so that you are living the kind of life you want to live. And it's not to be weighed and measured and, and judged.
0: Absolutely. Balance really... We have this concept of balance, like you said, but... There's nothing in life that is static. Nothing. You know, it's always moving. Something is all, even the the analogy of the seesaw. Right. You know, if it was balanced, it's boring. Right. You know, there's going to be some up and down and some movement. It's a flow it's thing,
2: don't you think? Absolutely. It's 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 like spiritual, emotional. It's all about a flow and being in that flow yeah. where, you know, you can just keep reaching for the better thought and the better idea and the more uplifting point of view. Yeah. and And... More things, opportunities pop up, synchronicities happen, the phone rings, you run into somebody, you hear something that you hadn't considered before. Yeah. That's when I feel like life feels magic.
0: Yeah. And it's always happening. You know, yeah. It's just, are you tuned in and paying attention? So true. Uh, with that analogy of the seesaw, sometimes you're going to be at the bottom. Yeah. And it's going to be, you talk about this in the book, you're going to be in a rut Yeah. And, different areas of your life. Yes. You talk about the anatomy of a rut. Yes. So why did you put that in the book?
2: Well, here's what was so fascinating. So I I was a staff worker working for others and and arguably fantastic job um, I, I ended up with. But um, working for others meant that they had a say. My schedule was set for me. They had a say over my time. So when I, became, when I began to work for myself, you know, I w- walked out in the world and I moved to L.A. So I couldn't get from here to three blocks from here without Waze, the app.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, you know, you. Waze
2: is taking you a different <laughs> way every time. I'm like, I don't even know what direction <laughs> I'm in, but I know I'm going to end up where I need to go. And I, I went I hadn't cashed a check, a personal check in a bank during the week for probably 15 years. Like it would be, an assistant would run, an yeah. assistant would run because I couldn't leave my desk. Um, and I'll, you know, so I walked into a bank and I thought, I, you know, I'm like, hi everybody, I'm Sherry. And they're like, okay,
0: <laughs> just move along <laughs> it's now. It's not that now. kind of party anymore. No, <laughs>
2: but what I realized is there was a whole different way of being going around in the world. And even me with, you know, hi, Tom Hanks, hi, Julia Roberts, Oprah, let's have a meeting. You know, interesting, fabulously fascinating life. I was in a big, huge rut. Went the same way to work every day, before the sun came up, came home after the sun went down, rut, 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 rut. And when you step out of a rut and try something new, you go, oh my gosh, life is so amazing. Mm. There's, you know, I feel like a different person. I feel so filled with energy. Um, I, I took Italian for eight months and I'd go to my little class. It was in Beverly Hills at the language Institute. I'd go to my little class and, you know, about three months in afterwards, I said to the instructor, I'm the worst one, aren't I? And he's like, Oh, yeah, I don't know that. Oh. I know I am, aren't I? And he goes, well, you know, so he, he almost confirmed it for me. And I didn't care. I didn't care because every time I walked out of there, I was like, oh my God, I feel like I have been, my brains have been just scrambled alive Mm. because I'm doing something new. I'm mixing it up. There's There's new energy. It's a new force. Those little things make such a big
0: difference as the decades roll on. Yeah. Oh, I love this so much. And putting ourselves, I've said that like five times, I love this so much, <laughs> putting ourselves in those awkward positions because it feels, it, it's kind of yes. uncomfortable, you know, Yes. but it keeps you, it keeps you young in a sense.
2: Yes. You know? Well, even the, the the littlest things, you know, um, adding newness. That's what I, I, I was having this conversation with myself, like, okay, so you're in the middle time because I don't use midlife. Midlife sounds like another word for old folks home, you know, it just, it feels very, very old and, and aging, but the middle of life is, you know, you are, you are a icon in, in health and wellness. If if we do the things that we know work and kind of stay tuned to the leading edge, we might just be, if we're in our hit 50, we might be in the middle of life. What are you doing for the next 50 years? camping, driving your camper (laughs) around America. Like, what are you doing? And, and, and that sense of newness, when you feel like you've been there and done everything is really Mm life-giving. It's kind of like, like charging your battery, like just getting the force moving within you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We need that. You know, Tony Robbins talks about that, about the six human needs Yes. And that need for uncertainty and variety. Yeah. Like if you're not fulfilling that, that's that's like suffering basically. So, like, proactively putting yourself in those positions where you are growing and stretching yourself in a different way. Yes. That's such a great example, too, with the language learning. (laughs) Yes. Oh, please.
2: And it's very different. Like, when you're, you know, you meet a child and they're speaking Mandarin Chinese and they're, you know, second grade. Yeah. And I'm in my Italian class going, do (laughs) it. But, you know, it's 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 so interesting. But, you know, here's the thing about routine. In some ways, as you age, as you get older, you, you feel a sense of comfort about your routines. Right. But it's your routines that are killing you. Mm, that your yeah. routines are taking your life force away. You know, that that same old, same old is probably as deadly as any other unhealthy behavior.
0: Yeah. Oh, so powerful. Um, one of the greatest teachers out there... Um, Eric Thomas, Dr. Eric Thomas, mm. best motivational speaker, uh, walk on the face of the earth. Uh, he said that success is in the routine. That's one part of the story. Then he also says, but don't let the, the routine bind you. Yes. And imprison you.
2: Yes. You know,
0: there's a balance there. You know, if we're talking about balance, those are the kind of things, you know, right. but it's more of like integration and being able to flow. Yes. Because having that routine can get you a level of success, but you don't, it, it will imprison you as well. At some point. That's time. right well and i think and where where
2: the the word routine really shines is is adding those little practices to your life consistently that continue to provide elevation right yeah Um, where it's not so great is all those other things that you do the same way, like Tuesday's spaghetti night, you know what I (laughs) mean? taco Tuesday. read the paper this way. We only go to, you know, we drive ourselves to the lake for vacation two weeks a year and that's it. So those are the kinds of things that start to make our lives feel dull and uninteresting
0: but Taco Tuesday can still, like, we can stick with that one. I don't know if anybody else got hungry when I said it, but um, you you talk about, in getting into something new and something, that variety button, you you talk about um, you've got to walk before you pole dance. Yeah. (laughs) Let's talk about that a little bit.
2: Oh, my gosh. Well, one of the things, when Nancy moved into my house, we decided we were going to... um, have sessions with Dr. Laura Berman, who is an, an Oprah show expert for many years and a sex therapist, mm. and um, we, because we both have had had not manifested our soulmate man relationships, and so we did these intensive sessions, and and Laura's big thing for me is that in my um, my career journey lot of masculine energy, mm. a lot of marshalling the troops yeah. and, you know, the general, and that um, it would be really important for me to kind of summon forth my divine feminine through perhaps an activity like pole dancing. <laughs> and I swear... She'd be like, so, have you pole danced yet? Have you gone to the class? Mm, I haven't yet. I have it on my list. Yeah, I'm going to set up the time. And I found myself, I just, like, couldn't make myself go. And then, you know, she had a, many, many other exercises. And I, I get what she's saying. You know, I understand what she's saying, which is, you know, for all of us, it's kind of like all, all parts of ourselves must be developed. Yeah. Um, and especially when it, when it comes to romantic love. Um, But I was not able to, I I have not, I have still not pole danced yet.
0: The walk, you got to walk first. You got
2: to walk before you can pole dance. so
0: what are you doing for your walk?
2: What I'm doing for my walk, well, I have, um, I'm I'm being set up by various people, Mm. people that I trust. I'm not, I'm not really super interested in online dating. Do you know what I'm saying? Do Uh, do you have
0: any opinions on that? I absolutely do. And for me... I it was that's after my time yeah, should I say so I it's just the construct is very strange to me Doesn't in that of itself look weird? you know that's it's just weird. like uh,
1: yeah. in some
0: aspects it's kind of like you're 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 uh, able to kind of curate and pick whereas throughout human evolution you know is more like when somebody says you're my soulmate and they just so happen to live in the same town as you or, yeah. you know, or in the same city, same yeah. school versus like, it's kind of like this adventure, this variety experience. So it's just different. It's not that it's better or worse. It's just yeah. different. And I think, I think we're it, figuring yeah. it out. It's
2: a, it's a path. And and the people who who love that path, God bless them. And everybody I know has somebody like, Oh, they met on match.com. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah. That's good. Um, <laughs> a lot of the people I know who are big online daters I feel a little depressed about it to me. Mm. It's just like, how'd it go? Well, I had 10 dates this week. Like, oh, wow, nothing's that, appealing about yeah, that, you know? yeah, yeah. How'd it go? Hmm.
0: And then, of course, there are those folks that, like, that was their thing, you know? And they did I meet know, their soulmate, I know, you know? I know. So it's to just, that it's to to own
2: self be true. I really have tried to open myself up to that idea. Yeah. And every time I'm on the edge of it, mm. where I have the form and I'm starting to clicky-clack the keys, I go... Mm. Mm. That doesn't feel like my
0: way. Yeah, man, and you know what I just realized just now in talking about it with you, like we're so judgmental too, you know, like of other people, and we have this ability to judge so many at such a fast pace because you could just swipe, oh, I you know. know? Like, I watched somebody that, do that Tinder thing
2: once. You know? I that didn't look good to me yeah. from a spiritual perspective. Just swiping people into the trash. <laughs> <laughs> about that (laughs) felt like "Mm, I don't know if that's a good muscle to develop
0: in the words of Cardi B (laughs) that is I think is basura is like trash swiping him in basura (laughs) that's me trying to learn Spanish Um, so one of the last things that you talk about in the book is that uh, and I think this is super powerful and important is that you are what you dream
2: yeah
0: and so first of all like what what is that what does that mean for us why would
2: you dream um it always for me goes back to storytelling what is the story that we are telling ourselves about our lives and are we paying attention to that story are we paying attention to the words we use in that that storytelling thing that goes on inside of us and are we telling the story of life the way the the, the lives we dream of or is it like you know a, a ho hum you know story of disappointment and, and kind of depression. Um, you are what you dream to me means that those dreams we have are our stories of creation. And whether we're talking about our health or we're talking about our relationships or we're talking about um, our spiritual life, those stories that we tell about those things are kind of our, our requests. You know, our requests to the all of all, to the quantum field. These are my requests for, for myself in this area of my life. Um, I have dreams for, um, for, for the people in my life. I have dreams for, you know, my, my town. I have dreams for my country. And uh, all those dreams are, are really stories. And at the end of the day if we can begin to see and remind ourselves how powerful that, that, that exercise is of setting aside a little bit of time every day to do some dreaming, that really is the beginning of the building block of our lives. Mm. Yeah. And so you are what you dream. You know, you can look at your life. If you're, if you're kind of bored, if you're uninspired, if you feel really stuck, then it's time to, to fire up that power and to fire up that practice because that is how you create the life of your dreams through dreaming.
0: Yeah, Uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm again, just a big fan and reading this book, it made me feel more uh, just a sense of like uh, uh, wanting to share more, to open up more, to look into those areas of my life that I might've like kind of pressed down into like little dark crevices. And I know that all these different things, they're able to serve and help other people if I just open up and yeah. and share. And so thank you for sharing and for uh, having the audacity to put your life experience onto these pages and putting it out for everybody to really absorb and to enjoy. There's so many great nuggets and the- gems. Gems. Just mining for gems throughout the book is, I, I don't think you can be who you are and not have just a tremendous wealth of these gems. So. Thank you for that.
2: I loved this. I love this talk with us.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Can you, oh, can you let everybody know where they can pick up your book and also where they can connect with you online?
2: Yes. Well, and and here's what's great. I think this is really good. And normally sometimes I'm like, "Mm, I don't know about these kinds of things. Um, We put together a 64 page workbook that's free that goes with this. So you can go to thebeautifulknow.com. And you can, all the links to buy books, the buy the book are there. And then you can um, put in your little order and get the free workbook, Sweet. which is good. Yes. You can have your own beautiful no experience.
0: Oh, I love it. So we Yay. got some action to go with yes, it. I love it. Exactly. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. I had a great time. And, you know, this is something that's really going to stay with me. I already know it. And, I just kind of got obsessed a little bit when I started to read the book and it started to kind of uh, invade other areas of my life. I found myself, I literally was sitting outside, just sitting in the sun and just got swept away for like a couple hours. And I haven't shared this with you, but, um, and then I just started, when I start telling my wife stuff, that's when I know it's like really, really good. And I think what we close with in understanding that you are what you dream. Really, where are you taking the time to dream and just to think about what it is that you really want and to get honest. Our dreams, even that word, I think it is a little bit fleeting, but it's so powerful. Like That's where everything comes from. Every single thing that even I'm seeing in this room started off as a dream or an idea within the mind of a person. That's so powerful, so powerful. And you have that ability to bring your dreams into reality but you have to have the audacity and courage to be honest about what you want and to start dreaming your dreams, not borrowed dreams, borrowed desires, but what it is that you really want. And I hope that today Sherry was able to communicate that to you and how powerful you are. And also that we're gonna have those ruts. There's an anatomy to it. We're always a work in progress. And we also just have so much potential and each know along the way is an open door for something even better. I appreciate you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it out with the people that you care about on social media. And of course, you could tag me. And I'm at Sean Model on social media. Do you have a social media handle? At Sherry Salada. At Sherry Salada. You could <laughs> tag her as well. Let her know. Please let her know what you thought of this episode. And we've got some powerhouse, epic shows coming your way. So make sure to stay tuned. I appreciate you so much. Take care. Have an amazing day. And I'll talk with you soon.